As we've already said, Dry January is over, and on Cooking Bruce and Mark, we're on a two-part series on how to up your cocktail game. Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and we already did one episode on upping your cocktail game. Cocktail game, man, I can't even say it. Upping your cocktail game, and we did it all about ingredients, and this time we are moving on, and we are talking about technique. It's all about technique today, and the number one problem people have with cocktails is inconsistency. It never tastes the same. They can't quite get it right. And why is that? Because they eyeball it. Don't eyeball it. Measure everything. In other words, get a jigger is what he's saying. And a jigger, a measuring cup, a tablespoon, you whatever you need. You can honestly use tablespoons Whatever too. you need. Just <laughs> measure it. I started doing this. I really like gin and tonics uh, anymore. And I started doing this and measuring my gin and tonics. And when I tell you that I like a gin and tonic, I don't like much tonic in my gin. And when I tell you that I like a martini, I don't like much vermouth in my gin. But I started measuring them. And in measuring them... Everything seemed to work so well. All yeah. of a sudden, my the let's say martinis or gin and tonics I was making were suddenly much more consistent across the board. And I had just been this guy that's like, oh, I can just eyeball it. It's not true. It isn't true. And the same thing, especially drinks like margaritas, where it's very clear. I mean, the recipe that I think makes the most perfect margarita is equal amounts of tequila and lime juice and orange liqueur. So you have to measure that. You can't eyeball it and get it right. I like a little more tonic in my gin and tonic, and we buy these little bottles that are six ounces of tonic, so I know I need two ounces of gin. I have to measure it, because otherwise I'm not going to get a drink I like. Do you put a whole bottle of tonic with two ounces of gin? That's what I do. Wow. That's I why think... I like it in a really tall glass. <laughs> I fill it with those big cubes, big cubes we have. I, I think I use about two ounces of tonic to two ounces Yeah, you of do gin. equal. But in, in fact, in the bartending world, when you learn how to bartend and all that, they always tell you it's about three to one. Oh, no, 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 no. And no, that's just not right for me. And when <laughs> I do a martini, for me, a martini is four ounces of gin and a half an ounce well, of Well, yeah, vermouth. but the martinis are very personal. There is no one no. recipe for martini. No. But there's a recipe you like. And when you, I mean anyone who makes it, it's the recipe that one likes. That's why you need to measure. And a jigger is one way to do this. But you can do this with tablespoons if you're living in North America. You can. We've written cocktail books. We wrote a book, The Boozy Blender, in which we put everything in ounces in traditional bar terminology. But then in parentheses, we put it in tablespoons and half cups and quarter cups. Because you know what? This is what people have at home. A quarter cup measuring cup is two ounces. So there you go. If you like a double in your drink that's two ounces, just grab the quarter cup measuring cup out of your measuring drawer or basket or wherever you keep them. Use that. Which is, if you do the math really fast, that means a tablespoon is half an ounce, right? A tablespoon that's right. is one half an ounce. That's correct. So two tablespoons is an ounce. Okay, so what else do you need to do to easy. up your technique, Okay, so the other thing that I learned, and Bruce taught me this over the years because he is the cocktail maven in our relationship. Well, again, when I met Bruce, he had just published a cocktail book. And that was his first entree into writing books was cocktail books. So when I met him, he was very much the cocktail maven. And he taught me to chill my glass. and When appropriate. When appropriate. Of course, not when you're pouring yourself scotch, but pour, to chill the glass. And this does seem to me really important. And I now do this for gin and tonics and martinis and other things and, and, and Manhattans. I chill the glass. And how did I teach you to do that? Because, of course, you could keep your glasses in the refrigerator, but most people don't have room and don't want to do that. So yeah, what we, do you do? We used to keep shot glasses. We have these really uh, big, thick 
chunky shot glasses and we used to keep a few in the freezer and then we decided that they were wasting space in there so we took them out but um what i what i do is i put ice in the glass and then fill it with water and that is the way i chill my glass i don't just put ice in it rather ice plus water and you let that sit while you make your drink in yep. your shaker yep. and then you dump that out your glass is beautifully chilled if you go to any reputable bar you will see that's what bartenders do they fill the martini glasses with ice and water they get nice and chilled while the bartender makes the drink dump it out put in your drink so that's yeah that's what you got to do Again, when appropriate. When appropriate. Again, you pour yourself a scotch or you pour yourself an aged rum. You don't chill the glass first. No. Or you pour yourself an Irish whiskey. You don't chill the glass first. But this is for cocktails. Even This even works for margaritas. This yes. even works. And why yes. this is important, why do you chill your glass? Here's why. When you make a cocktail that you're going to serve over ice, not a cocktail up, but one over ice, and you have pre-chilled your glass. Let's say you're going to make a margarita and you shake it and then you're going to strain it over fresh ice. If the glass is already chilled, that means there will be less ice melt in your glass mm. and the drink will not uh, water down quite as quickly. Because you've had all that ice melt in the shaker, which is what you were looking for. Exactly. And your glass is now cold. If you're drink comes out of the shaker and into a room temperature glass with ice, the ice in there will start to melt much more quickly. And that's the whole point of this. And before we talk about shaking and stirring and the best way and when and why, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to this podcast because you won't miss a single episode. Rate us. We love ratings. It lets more people know about us. And contact us. We're on Facebook, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Join the group. Join the conversation. We have a ton of people there, and we love talking to you. How to rate us? Look on the Apple page and go straight down to the bottom of the podcast. At the bottom, there is a star system, and then there's a place for comments. Comment or leave a review. That, oh my gosh, that you love your hosts, don't you? You really <laughs> want to do that. And also check out our YouTube cooking channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Lots of recipes, lots of ideas, and lots of fun. Okay, so now, shaken versus stirred. Let's start with stirring. Mark, when do you stir a cocktail? You stir a cocktail. This is so wild, right? Um, you stir a cocktail that is entirely made of spirits, but that includes bitters. So you stir Negronis, you stir martinis, you stir cocktails that are made entirely out of spirits, including bitters, which means that James Bond was wrong about how to make a martini shake. A martini shaken, is stirred. Not stirred. No, 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 no. And listen, here's what, here's the deal. People say it bruises the gin. This is the common bar terminology. It bruises the gin. And some people think that has to do with the flavors of the gin. And maybe if you're a super taster, it does. But here's what happens. If you shake a martini, you shake a booze drink like a martini or a negroni what you're going to do is aerate it mm -hmm. and you're going to change the mouth texture of it and yeah. it will not be as silky and smooth as if you had stirred it okay so here's how you stir a drink you take your cocktail shaker and you fill it with ice yeah. pour all of your alcoholic ingredients over the ice you either take a long glass stirrer or a knife or a giant swizzle stick and you just stick it into that glass and go round and round and round just like when you shake until the outside feels chilled and you get a little frost because you are looking to 
to really chill the drink. You are looking to get some ice melt, but you're not looking to aerate it. Yeah, and I should say I don't own I we I don't own a fancy cocktail pitcher. Instead, I do this maneuver in an old shaker. So yeah. without putting the top back on right. it and shaking it, as Bruce says, I just stir it in the bottom part of the shaker. Yep. And that's how you make a martini. So anytime a drink is made almost entirely of spirits or entirely of spirits, when I say almost, I mean the bitters, if there's bitters in it. You want to stir it. That's the rule. That is the rule. Okay, now to shake a drink, to put it in with ice in a cocktail shaker, to put the lid on, and pretend you're, what was was that Tom Hanks? No, it wasn't Tom Hanks. No, it was, who was that? Not in, Tom Hanks. In the bartender movie. Um, uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, there you go. So if you think you're Tom Cruise. Wow, we're old. <laughs> we are old. We can't even come, you know, some days I can't even remember the names of my dogs. Gosh. So right, here's when you shake a drink. When there were non-alcoholic ingredients in there, meaning you've added citrus or other fruit juices. You shake them so that you aerate them and they get a much better mouthfeel. But it's not just fruit juice, right? There are other things you can add? No, there are drinks made with eggs and egg whites like Flips. Uh, There's those kind of drinks. And there are drinks made with some dairy products. And most of these, not Every single one of them, but most of these you want to shake. You like a white Russian, you want to shake that. You don't want to shake eggnog. So there, there's little exceptions here. Yeah. The real rule in in inside of this is that you want to shake a drink made with citrus juice in some That's way right. or other kind of juices, yeah. but particularly citrus. And why is that? That is so that you will get a lot of ice melt. You'll get some aeration. You lose the bitter edge of the juice. It blends more evenly and it's all about the way it feels in your mouth too a drink that is blended with fruit juice and shaken with a citrus or fruit juice it's going to be i don't i hate this word but more drinkable so that you're you can actually enjoy drinking it as opposed to a drink that's pure alcohol where you're going to take smaller sips yeah i think that for me the basic thing about shaking is taking the sharp edge off the citrus juice and it takes just a little bit of that edge off of it which is nice it does aerate the drink and in aerating it it actually makes the fruit flavors in the fruit juice more accessible to your palate wow that sounded really fancy but what i mean by that is if you just think about it for a second, you'll know that behind the flavor of oranges is vanilla. There is this kind of weird vanilla aftertaste to an orange that exists back there inside of the flavors of an orange. And when you shake a drink, you make all those under flavors like vanilla and oranges more accessible. Flavors are kind of like music, and you hear a musical chord, there are overtones, and your ear picks up all sorts of vibrations. Yeah. Well, the same thing with food. Yeah. When you eat a banana, there are overtones of flavor that if you pay careful attention and you really train yourself to, to, hear, to hear them, to taste them and smell them, breathe in as you, as you chew, right. and you will, you will get all these nuance of flavors in your nose. Well, that's also what makes cocktails so special. We read, we read a book several years ago called Real Food Has Curves. And it was a seven-step plan to get the processed food out of your life or as, as well as you can, to do the best you can to get the processed food out of your life. Anyway, the first step of our seven-step plan was, believe it or not, eat a peach. And what we meant by that was go find a really ripe peach and then sit down somewhere where it's quiet and bite into it and slowly eat it, breathing in, tasting it. And the point of all of this 
was train your palate to taste all kinds of flavors because tasting more kinds of flavors brings on greater satiety. And believe it or not, if you enjoy a drink, enjoy the flavors in a drink, you will tend to drink less unless you have a problem with alcohol. But otherwise, you will find yourself at points of satiety more quickly if you savor the flavors. So you can up your cocktail game by a technique. It'll actually improve your whole experience. And we would be remiss at the end of this two-part series on how to up your cocktail game if we didn't say that if you have a problem with alcohol, if you find yourself drinking much more during COVID, if you find yourself in lockdown drinking much more, or simply you are suddenly starting to question your alcohol intake, please search out groups around you like Alcoholics Anonymous. Search out groups that can help with these issues. It's not, it may not even be that you have an addiction issue. It may simply be the stress of the historical moment on you, but that doesn't mean you don't need support to help you. Yes, as Mark said, even your your physician, your general physician is a good person to reach out to if you if you feel like you're having a problem. Exactly. Otherwise, enjoy your cocktails and we will see you back next time on Cooking with Bruce and Mark.